You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Steve McCoy from 360 Church in Sarasota, Florida. We hope this message inspires you to press beyond ordinary. So we continue this conversation uh, to uh, about pursuing. Uh, we started a few weeks ago. We started by knowing that, realizing that God pursues us relentlessly and that God puts in us this natural, this instinct, supernatural, I should say, this, uh, this desire to follow and pursue him. And now we turn our attention to pursuing the things that are important to God. And I think today, as you will see, is, is very relevant because we are called to pursue peace. And when you look at at who we are, not only as a country right now, with so many layers of tension, it becomes relevant, but it com- becomes relevant even in a larger picture as the human race. There's a, there's a set of laws called the, the laws of thermodynamics, and they're pretty heavy and hard to understand, but one of the very simple principles is that things that are left to itself, usually they deteriorate. So if you have a fence and you know you painted it 10 years ago, if you haven't taken care of of it, it's just naturally, it's not going to advance in quality. Typically, it's going to deteriorate in quality, right? So with that in mind, human beings are the same. When you're pursuing something, it's usually something that doesn't come to you. You have to go after it. That's why we're, we're talking about pursuing something. Such is the case with peace. When you put two human beings with all of our brokenness and all of our fractures and all of our self-focus, you put two human beings or more in a room or a building or a country or a world, then it's naturally going to deteriorate. So when you look at Genesis chapter 3, that's when Adam and Eve decided that they were going to go against the rhythm of God, against God's will, and automatically they, were, they, they fought against each other. You remember when God came in the garden, all of a sudden Adam started blaming his wife well the woman you gave me she's the one you know started this whole deal and then uh, the next chapter chapter four they had two boys Cain and Abel and you know the, the God was asking Cain hey just let it go he's like a chihuahua that's biting somebody's ankle you know let it go he wouldn't let it go and you know things turned worse and it was pretty pretty awful and then when you just a couple chapters later it's the story of Noah which we know you know Noah built an ark but when you look in between the the, the lines there and you look and compare what we know about Noah's time in the New Testament, we look back that the world was full of violence. So as, as you begin to see how the human race had began to deteriorate and there were great, a great need for those that would pursue peace. You come to Genesis chapter 11, then we're at the Tower of Babel, and there's a great separation of countries and languages and cultures, and then we land in Genesis chapter 12. It's where we begin today. In Genesis chapter 12, we are introduced to who we would know as Abraham. For those of you that know the Bible, you know that God took a, sometimes a, a name and changed it. We're going to see today, Abraham is referred to his original name, Abram, before God had changed his name, Abram. Same person, Abraham, Abram, like uh, you know Paul and Saul in the New Testament, so he changed his name. And it was almost like a reset. In that moment, it was God was like, man, we've had Noah's Ark and had to do a reset there. And then we had the Tower of Babel and we had to do a reset there. And now God says, I'm going to choose this man, Abram, and I'm going to begin a nation from him. 
He became the patriarch of the nation of Israel. And so when God refers to himself, he says, I'm the God of Jacob and, his, and, uh, and Isaac and Abraham. It comes back to Abraham. And so God uh, began to call Abraham out, or Abram at the beginning of the story. And he says these words to Abram, I'm going to show you, I want you to leave where you're living, the land of Ur, and uh, I'm going to ask you to leave that land to the land I'm going to show you. Of course, he was going to the promised land. Abram didn't know it at that point. I'm going to call you to the land of, uh, of uh, uh, where I'm going to show you. And so he said, don't bring any of your father's family. I want you to take your wife, Sarai, who was at, at that time was her name, and, uh, and some of the, uh, the hired help that you have. But I, I just, I want you to, uh, to take, you know, no one else but, of course, Abram decided he's going to have his own plan, and he brought his nephew, Lot. Well, as you're going to see today, uh, that, was a, that was a problem. Because they're human beings, and what we find is in this story, we're going to be reminded that if we're going to have peace in a church, in a family, in a city, in a country, there have to be people that pursue it intentionally. It will not come to us. It will not come to us naturally. In fact, we begin today with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And she said these words, it is not enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. We're reminded in Psalm 34, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, not just many days, but if you want a life of meaning and of good days, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking lies, turn from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. You're going to have to go after it. So we find ourselves today in Genesis chapter 13. God has already called Abram. He's already moved out. He's already said, okay, I'm going to take my, uh, my nephew. So Uncle Abram, his wife Sarah, and nephew Lot are now on their way to a land that God is going to show them. Well, guess what happens? The law of relational thermodynamics kicks in. And there's this little spot here in Genesis chapter 13 that it would be easy to skim over. But it's a quarrel of all things. Imagine that. Now watch this. Genesis chapter 13, verse 5. We begin. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So these guys were shepherds and cattlemen and all that. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And so... Uh, you know, the easy uh, 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 um, translation of this is that there wasn't enough room. They, they saw themselves and said, look, man, your, your cattle and your sheep and your tents, man, they're increasing and my are increasing. And man, what are we going to do? And so look what happens in the very next verse. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. It was like the perfect scenario. You know, like a hurricane. A hurricane requires certain things. It requires moisture. It requires you know, warm moisture, heat, etc. And so when you put all those things together, it becomes the perfect mix. The reason that we get uh, out of joint with each other is because what we, what we get angry about matters to us. I have never been angry over something that didn't matter to me. 
if it, you know, if someone says, hey, I want you to put your shoes over here and the rather over here, well, I don't care. I'm not going to get angry about that. But the minute that it matters to me, that's when strife begins. And so in your own personal life, your own family, your own marriages, your own workplace, it's the things that really the tick that tick you off that's the if you examine them like that really mattered to me and the more it matters to you the more ticked off you're going to get well just think about it this was the livelihood of these herdsmen like what are we going to do with all these cows and uh, you're encroaching on my uh, on my part and and, you, and you're getting all you know crossing the line on my side of the fence and blah 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 blah, blah and things began to heat up it was the perfect storm Left to itself, as you're going to see, it could have been a disaster. Now, I, I want to quote Martin Luther King today. Watch this. True peace is not merely the absence of tension. Super important. If you're, if you're, in a, if you're married and you say, well, we at times have tension, naturally, you're going to see things differently. You're wired differently. One of you is an extrovert. One of you is an introvert. One likes details. One likes the big picture. One is creative. One wants to know, you know, how are we going to pay for your creativity? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different things. <clears throat> one's on time. One's always on late. One's always waiting in the car. One's, you know, fooling around. I mean, there's, you know, there's all these things. So it's not that we don't have tension. It's what we do with the tension. Of course, in a country like ours, you're going to have tension. We have different ideologies. I have my own ideology of how things should run. Other people have their own. It's how we handle that. And I think that's probably for us as a country what's so disappointing. Like, man, couldn't we just talk about our differences, right? Without it getting ugly, without, you know, raising dirt and steam and all, you know, trying to find dirt on each other. I'm like, wow, man, it's just, it's crazy. And it feels like it's weighted. Well, I think the Bible will talk to us as Christ followers in a way that we should set the example. If God's people are not setting the example, then a simple question, who is? I mean, we have the word of God, we have the spirit of God, and we should act differently. And so I think it's important to re recognize that, first of all, it's the things that are important that really get us bent out of shape. And number two, we can have differences without it going haywire. Back in chapter 13 of Genesis there's something really important. We're going to see some principles that maybe have hit home. We've already had one service this morning, and, and, and there were people like, man, this hits home because all of us are humans. All of us have friendships, relationships, family. So that means we're all going to have some level of tension somewhere in our lives, right? Watch this. Genesis chapter 13, verse 7. They've just said, hey, there's a quarrel because, you know, running out of space. Then in Genesis chapter 7, the last half of that verse, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, which I know sounds like parasites, the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. All right, now watch. What they've said is just the, the cattle and the sheep and the tents and everything that we have, there's not enough room. Plus, you got these guys, the, Canaan, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and every time you see them in the scripture, these two groups of people are the enemies of God. They don't believe in God's way. See, I think that there is a historical context. In other words, hey, they're running out of space, which as you see, they really weren't. They were just getting, you know, territorial as human beings do. But 
One of the things that I believe that when you look at that, that description is to remind us of this important principle when it comes to tension, especially among uh, the, and within the body of Christ. Watch this. The, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were not God followers. Here's the principle. People are watching. People are watching. In other words, it matters, especially within the, the context of Christ followers, we have to remind ourselves that there are those that, uh, many people in the world that don't believe in God, and how we handle disagreements matters, not just between us, but those who are looking in. Someone asked me to sign a petition yesterday because there's a, a well-known Christian company suing a well-known Christian uh, writer, and it's just, it was heartbreaking. And the petition was very friendly. It just said, "Hey, can we write? Would you would you petition this company and say let's handle this outside of making it so public?" Paul had this this uh, same thing in mind in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 5 people in the Corinthian church were suing each other and he says look is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers Paul was kind of spicy you know he didn't he said hey he's not saying like uh, hey you know if it's okay with you I think you should you know resolve this issue goes, is there not anybody among you that's smart enough to deal with this tension and relieve this this disagreement and then he goes but instead one brother goes to law against another brother and this in front of other believers He's saying, man, don't do that because people are watching. How we handle disagreement as Christ followers matters. We, of all people, need to pursue peace. In fact, I'm reminded the next, the next uh, uh, principle is found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Jesus said, blessed are the peace what? Makers. The peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. In other words, you have to make peace. I'll say it to you this way. You're either a peacemaker or a troublemaker. See, when this quarrel arose with these herdsmen, they had a choice. Am I going to make things worse? Or am I going to really say, hey, wait, whoa, whoa, time out. Before this goes any further, because the Canaanites and the Perizzites are here, they're watching, and we are God people, Right? We are, we are on the same page. We are to represent God in the world. We are people of peace. We have peace within us that passes all understanding, right? We should be people of peace because people are watching. You can almost sniff it sometimes, can't you? If someone is a peacemaker, someone told me after the first service, she goes, my gifting is harmony. I have the gift of harmony. And you can tell when you're around this person, you're like, hey, if there's any argument, I'm going to her because she is just you know, always really happy. We're always glad, like, hey, we can work it out. On the other hand, sometimes you could sniff a troublemaker. They're always like into the nitty gritty and you know the details and there's a hairline crack and I'm gonna point that out. In fact, I brought some pictures with me today. Let me tell you, the, you know, the difference between troublemaker and peacemaker. So here's a troublemaker. Uh, right there. That's a little, I mean, I mean, you can almost tell that a mile away. And here is a peacemaker. Just saying. Just saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Here's a troublemaker. 
Uh-huh. And here's a peacemaker, Frosty the Snowman. Everybody's got to love him. Finally, here is one more uh, troublemaker, Mr. Darth Vader, and here is a peacemaker. Oh, yes, you know it. You can kind of feel it, right? You know Mr. Rogers, he's calming things down, right? He's not, he's not firing up anything. You know, there was a choice, I think, that Abraham had. He heard about the herdsmen out on the field. There was a quarrel. From the outside in, seemed pretty silly. But for these guys, it was important. Now, Abram had a choice at that point. He could have added fuel to the fire. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 20, watch this. For the lack of wood, the fire goes out. Ever, ever, think, ever uh, wonder where the, you know, adding fuel to the fire comes from? There it is. For the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And when there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. First principle, people are watching. Second principle, don't feed the fire. Don't feed the fire. Abraham could have gone out like, you know what? Guys, you know, I brought Lot with me. I probably shouldn't have. God told me not to bring him. You know, I didn't like the guy. He hadn't had a bath in about three weeks. He smells bad. I mean, you know, he could have done that. He could have said, you know, I think their cattle are getting more than I. They're trying to take us over. He could have whispered. You know how that goes. Now, I don't think, you know, I think we're singing the wrong songs here in the worship service. I think we're doing, you know, don't think we should do those. Don't like the, don't like the message. And the guy's wearing a T-shirt. Should never wear a T-shirt in church. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> those things, those little, those little, you know, fractures that start so innocently that are just one more little stick on the fire, one more stick on the fire, one more stick on the fire. And all of a sudden, you got a wildfire and people around us are watching and they have all the right to say, I thought you guys were people of peace. You see, it matters. Don't add fuel to the fire. Now watch what happens in Genesis 13, verse 8. So Abram said to Lot, hey, wait a minute, time out. Let's not have any quarreling between you and me. He was a peacemaker. He was a peacemaker. Or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. No, they weren't. He was an uncle, and Law was a nephew. But look at the reference. He said, we're brothers. The, the, the original word is that we're kinsmen. There's something deeper that's going on here. First principle, uh, people are watching. Don't forget it. Second principle is that, uh, uh, that uh, we, we see that we can't feed the fire. Third principle is this. Third principle is that somebody's got to go first. Peacemakers go first. All right, let's be honest. If you're married, you got a little separation going, you know, you've had an argument. Uh, let's say it's a big one. Silent treatment. I am, all right, confession. I am a master at the silent treatment. I am not proud about it, but, you know, I can get busy and just go on and on and on. And then there's this canyon. You know what I'm talking about? There's a canyon. I'm not going first. I'm not saying I'm sorry. If she's not saying I'm sorry, I'm not saying I'm sorry. She's not, she's not even sorry. She's never been sorry. Her parents weren't sorry. No, I'm just, you know, it just goes on, right? A wildfire goes on. Who's going to be the first one to say, hey, time out, come on, right? 
That is so difficult, isn't it? I mean, that, that making that first move. But listen, peacemakers make peace by going first. Letting it go is never a great idea because it gets worse and worse and the film gets worse and more dramatic and blah, blah, blah. And it just one thing leads to the another. When we see this picture, Abraham goes first. Abram goes first. But watch this. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I love that. Because Abram could have gone out there and said, hey, guys, you know, hold up. And somebody could have thrown a punch. But he was doing his part. He was going to be the peacemaker. He was going to make the first move. Watch, regardless of the outcome. There have been times where I have said, hey, I'm very sorry. And it hadn't gone great. But as far as it depends on me, I made the move. You see, it's very proactive. We have to be careful that people are watching. We can't feed the fire. And somebody at some place has to make the first move. Peacemakers make the first move. Here's, a, here's, a, here's the final thing. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 9, Abram is the peacemaker. He says, hey, wait a minute. We're brothers, right? I made the first move. But then he says this. Is not the whole land before us? You got to think big here. Conflict causes people to think in hairline cracks. I mean, haven't you ever had an argument with somebody and you think back on it and you think, that was just stupid. I have wasted entire days off over something that, was, that started as so stupid. There's not, there's not a better word for it. So stupid. You've wasted your day off. You've wasted blah, blah, blah. You've wasted time. You've wasted energy. You're exhausted, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, it's like, you know, that was pretty small. Abram's like, hey, check it out. There's a lot of planet here. I don't know what the world population back then was, but it wasn't what it is now. There was a lot of territory. He says, hey, is not the whole land before you? And then he's graceful. He said, let's part company, okay? We're too crowded, Lot. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. He became selfless. The bigger we think, the more selfless we become. The smaller we think, the more selfish we become. So we have to think big as peacemakers and say, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. People are you know, uptight because two political parties are at odds. Oh my goodness, it's such a shock. <laughs> you ought to read some of the debates back in the, back in the 1800s. Man, they were fired up against each other and name-calling and you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's just the way, hey, it's going to be okay. You know how I know that? Read the end of the story. God is in control all the way through it. Don't worry about it. Do what you can. I'm not saying don't get involved. Do what you can. But understand, this is God's planet. This is God's operation. This is a bigger, bigger, bigger thing. There's sometimes we have to say we are on mission. Listen to this. Abram was on a worldwide mission. God had told him all nations of the earth will be blessed 
Who cares about this stupid plot of land with cows on it? Get over the cows and see the stars. Abram was taken out and said, look at the stars. Think big. It's not that big of a deal. Make sure that you are mutual in your big thought. Watch this. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort, because that's what it's going to take, to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. That means building each other up. The effort to say, hey, uh, let me just find things about you that I like. Let me pursue things that, uh, that, uh, 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 things that, I, that I like about you. Let me, let me, let me say, I, I, I want to, let's build each other up. And so Abram says, look, you take the left, I'll take the right. You take the right, I'll take the left. So, you know, uh, uh, Lot chose Sodom. Now we look back and like, eh, should have gone right. <laughs> <laughs> And he didn't know. He looked at it. It was like pretty, pretty lush, you know, it was watered, you know, territory. He goes, hey, I'm going to move there. Abraham gracefully said, no big, no big deal. He had an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mindset. Abundance. Like, hey, no problem. I'll go over here. In the very next chapter, war breaks out where Lot is living. And there, there you know, he wasn't even involved in it, but he got caught in the, tran- in the, in the, in the uh, crossfire. And he was taken hostage Guess who he needed? He needed Abraham. You remember just a few chapters later, the whole thing with Sodom and Gomorrah, though there was immorality off the, off the chart, and, and, and God said, I've got to, I got to keep it, I got to destroy the city because I got to keep it at bay. And Abraham begged for his life. And it was because of Abraham that Lot was rescued twice. Now think about it. Back here in this little teeny quarrel between the cow, over cows, if Abraham would have said, you know what, I'll just let it go, and it got worse and worse and worse, and they departed, you know, they parted ways and, and, and on hard terms, and now Lot is in desperate need of probably the only guy he knows in that region of the world, and Abraham's in the corner. Well, serves you right. Shouldn't have fallen over the cows. Just think if Abraham had have had that attitude. You know what would have happened a lot? He would have been dead. He would have been taken hostage. He would have been destroyed when God destroyed the city. He would have, it would have been disastrous. We don't know what's in front of us. We are together as a body of Christ, as soldiers of the Lord. We are on a mission together. It's not worth being at odds with one another. It's not worth exchanging our mission for something small. Does it make sense? God is calling us to think big. God is calling us to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. God is reminding us that people are looking on and we can always make the first move. This is what a peacemaker does. Let me pray with you. Father, God, thank you for your word. Sometimes, God, we look at it from such a vast perspective that it is uh, it is uh, eternal and at times ethereal but sometimes God your word is so practical 
So God, help us today not to get caught up in the ethereal, conceptual level, but really the practical boots on the ground, everyday living. There is tension, as you know, God, not only around this world, but it is heightened on social media. It is heightened on all of our news channels. It is heightened in, in for all those that are behind the microphone. It is heightened in, in many of our cities. And sometimes, God, that ekes into the church, would you remind us today that we are your people and that, and that the world is, observes how we respond. We can have our own opinions, no, no problem. But what we do with that, God, will we be peacemakers or will we be troublemakers? Father, help us to keep the big picture in mind. Conflict often miniaturizes and minimizes our, our level of sight. So God, would you remind us of that today? Help us not to add fuel to a fire, but to be peacemakers that put fires out, whether that's in the very nucleus of our families or at work or on social media or wherever we might be. Father, thank you for making peace with us. Thank you for making the first move through Jesus, that even when we turned our, our backs to you as a human race, even when we said no thanks to you, God, you came anyway. Again, you are the ultimate model for all things. Thank you for sending your son to bridge peace between humans and us and you, God, us as humans and you. And so before we close today, we, we must remember those who are searching for you. And, and as you're listening online and maybe you're sitting here in the room, maybe that's you. Maybe you've come and you're in a search mode in, in this particular chapter of your life. And you, there's something inside of you that says, I want something more and I don't feel quite at peace with God. There's a reason for that. Every single human being is separated from God because of our, of our self-focus, of our sin. And left to itself, we will always, we can live the rest of our life without making peace with God. But Jesus came to bring us this peace, to bridge the gap. And if you were the only person on earth, he would have done that because he loved so deeply. He loves who you are. He created you. He died on a cross to absorb our sin, to take the penalty of sin instead of us, so that you, even in this moment, truly in this moment, could, could utter from your heart the most personal, private chamber of your life. God, I want to be at peace with you. I want, I want to have a relationship with you. And that begins by you turning from your own self-focus to completely turning to Christ and trusting in what he did for you on the cross to say, God, I want forgiveness and peace through what Jesus has given on the cross. Would you come to me and ignite in me a new life that you and I may be at peace 
and we can have a relationship. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire? Why in the world would you wait? God is pursuing you. God has, has pursued you all of your life. Why don't you give your life to him? Father, thank you for your, for your grace, for your mercy, for making the first move, for teaching us through your word, God, what peacemakers look like today. And this world needs us. This world needs peace. This world needs those who will not fan the flame, but douse the flame. So as we walk out of this room today, God, I pray, we pray together, make us the people that you, that represent you, God. Help us to live. Give us the power to live as the people that represent who you really are. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks for those of you who give generously to make this ministry possible. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can also subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information about 360 Church, visit us at the360church.com.